0: the way it is with Go. Um, now we're joined on the line by Minister Malcolm Noonan. Um, Malcolm, Minister, thanks very much for joining us. Um, and uh, and and a couple of things we've been hearing your uh, Minister Eamon Ryan saying uh, that these uh, connectors. Uh, with no objections are are being uh created now to do with um, with wind basically uh between the southeast and various uh, points in uh in in Europe but you very much welcomed um understandably i guess uh that the nature restoration law has been passed in Europe it really was uh touch and go and i know the green party had a lot to do with, uh, with, with pushing it through?
1: Yeah, it's, it is a very historic day. And certainly the vote yesterday was as tight as it could be. And I'm very grateful to the um, Irish MEPs. I, I spoke to them all ahead of the vote last week. And uh, I I think they showed leadership. I think the Irish government has shown leadership from the outset, uh, not just the Green Party, but right across government on the Nature Restoration Regulation. Why is it needed? Well, we know the state that nature is in, in in Ireland, 85% of our habitats are in a degraded state two-thirds of our uh, bird spe- species are on red or amber lists. So even common birds that want, common farmland birds, as, as you'll see it uh, across the countryside as well, are are, are in decline or are disappearing altogether. So we have a huge job of work to do to restore nature across Europe. And it has been controversial. There's been, for many weeks, there's been a lot of misinformation about things like re-wetting and agricultural soils and that, which we managed to um, to dispel because uh, we, we can manage all of this on our own lands, state lands, so I think it was historic yesterday that we've gotten this far. It moves now to what they call trilogues, which is um, a, a position is agreed then uh, between the council and the um, the parliament and the commission to try and move forward. And then if we get to the end of the year with that, then each country, uh, because it's a regulation, it, there's no uh, opportunity to transpose it into Irish law. It's automatic. And we will have to embark then on a nature restoration plan. But it is, it is a really good news day for our nature. And today, added to that, uh, today I I announced the intention to uh, designate a further 230,000 hectares of of ocean in of sea uh, in the um western uh, irish sea for birds a special protection area for birds so that's moving us towards our 10% target of um designations for in in the marine area so two good days for for yeah. nature so
0: and um do you do you accept that uh, members of the farming community and indeed the IFA express this in Strasbourg, I think it was, rather than Brussels, um, for the vote, that there's still an awful lot to be sorted out and that there's still an awful lot of concern um, amongst farmers whose livelihoods obviously depend on the land and what happens to the land. Um, Still an awful lot to to be worked out and a lot of, um, uh, I suppose, uh, solace needs to be offered to farmers and farming families.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think over the last number of weeks, I've met with some of the farm organisations. I've listened to the concerns of farmers, and we've we've managed, uh, I think, very, quite well to reassure them that um, we get this regulation passed as, as it did yesterday and it's it's in within the detail of the nature restoration plans which I've said on the floor of the Doll i I've said consistently that they will be collaborative plans that will be done in association with farming communities and that um, the issue around re-wetting we, we've consistently said it as well we can meet all of the requirements under the nature restoration law out to 2050 on state-owned land that's Bordenamona land and Quielta land and thereafter anything we're talking about after that will be voluntary schemes that farmers actually like participating in. We have a lot of really good projects up and down the country, not just the acres, but the the life projects that we have up in with um, Wild Atlantic Nature up in Northwest Donegal. So, the, I think the the approach then once we get. To this agreement phase of it is to move then on our nature restoration plan each member state and in ireland we've consistently said and i will absolutely commit to it that it will be a collaborative plan and that anything that we ask landowners to do farmers to do will be schemes that they can opt in or opt out of and and i think it's important to say too that um that these you know the the we one of the things that the farmers have asked us is around impacts on adjoining lands, and I think there's, you know, there's been quite consistent calls around looking at demonstration farms and the whole technical elements of rewetting, because it's, you know, we're not saying you can't, you're not pickling the land or or uh, rewetting it to a point where it can't be still in productive use. We're talking about bringing the water table up to a certain level uh, where it can still be farmed as well.
0: Briefly, and I know it's not a very briefly subject, but a lot of money has been allocated. It's been announced uh, for Carlo, I think 1.6 million for Kilkenny, 6 million to end long term vacancy and dereliction. And this is hoped uh, will will create um, a lot of much needed homes around the country, and particularly in Carlo and Kilkenny. Briefly, Minister, how's that going to work?
1: Well, the URDF fund is there to um, complement existing schemes such as the Kona schemes, which is in towns and villages. So it's around tackling uh, at scale uh, urban d- dereliction where there are, uh, you know, pockets of of, of uh, areas in towns well, that. How will um, it work? Will it be tunics. grants
0: to individuals, or will the local authorities move in and do stuff?
1: Yeah, my understanding is it's a combination of both. I think the detail is still to be announced on some of it. And and, and again, what we've done over the last two, three years, not just with the town centres first, with putting in town centres first officers, putting in good, uh, consistent grant schemes to support private owners, but also encouraging the local authorities to look at the opportunities that are in town centres to bring uh, houses back into productive use for social housing and uh, and then for people to invest in them and want to invest. So it's, it's around um, tackling the, the dereliction element of it, but also ensuring that we create good, strong public spaces where there's good landscaping and people will want to be uh, attracted to live in our in our town centres. So it's these are complementary schemes to uh, really back, bring life back into our town centres.
0: Okay, and finally, and I think you mentioned this, I think it was to Edwina during the Traveller Pride uh, Day, this issue of um, calves um, like um, a byproduct, like a very sad byproduct, I guess, of of the dairy industry, um, as illustrated by Primetime Investigates recently. Um, what would you have to say to the dairy industry about because it's the dairy industry that makes the money out of um, of the milk, which is produced by the removal of calves from uh, their mothers. That's the reality of of the food that we eat and drink. What would you say to the dairy industry in particular, Minister?
1: Well, I mean the the. Um... The RT investigates, first of all, I mean, it, it, what it highlighted, first of all, the need for good uh, investigative journalism and what RT has always done very well in light of what has been happening over the last number of weeks uh, and a, a negative spotlight on RT. But secondly, I think importantly here is that this is something we have known has been going on. And I do think that the farming community uh, have, have been, you know, farmers uh, dairy farmers are are equally disgusted by it. I think the uh, in terms of the issue of of uh, of um, of, the, of dealing with the uh, these. What our excess animals that are not needed. I think that has to be addressed, and I do think we've seen a massive expansion of dairy over the last uh, couple of years, and it's not just having this impact on on uh, the unwanted male calves, but also negatively impacting in particularly in our parts of of the world down in in the, in south uh, south and southeast, and you see it uh, in the river quality, river water quality. So it's it's coming to a head because we're having issues now around the nitrates derogation as well. Critically, I think the industry has to step up here and has to ensure that issues around animal welfare are, of, are adhered to the transportation of animals. All of these issues have to be tackled uh, at source by the industry particularly. And I don't think uh, any... Um, Decent farmer in in County Kenny or Carlow, they just want to farm. They want to farm in a in a sustainable way, but and I'm sure they're equally disgusted with what they saw on Monday yeah, night. Yeah,
0: because and we've had that from the farmers, and they've spoken about it. But no spokespeople from Glanbia, nobody from Tierlawn. You know, this is the dairy industry. It's worth billions. Um, you know, to to this area and internationally as well. I mean, is there a specific role that these very wealthy companies uh, can play in sorting out animal welfare and indeed the environmental issues? Because we talk about farmers all the time, don't we?
1: We do, and, and you know, there's, a, there's absolutely a role for the industry itself, for the for the cooperatives, but also for the dairy council. For you know, if, they're, if this is a product that's being branded as a green product, it's grass-fed. Uh, it's they're they're saying it's more sustainable than than produce from other countries. But if that's the case, then it has to be from uh, right across the the the, the system. Uh, so it's not just around uh, the carbon intensity of it. It's it's around the water quality, but it's also animal welfare. And consumers demand this, and consumers. Will say, you know, this is not something we want to buy into. So it's critically important that, in light of what has been highlighted, by RT Investigates, that there's a full root and branch review uh, of the animal welfare issues that were highlighted in it. I know my co- I spoke to my colleague, Minister McConlog about it. His department is uh, taking it very seriously and launching a full investigation into the specific cases referenced. But it's critically important that the industry cleans up its act in regard to this.
0: Okay. Finally, you mentioned RTE there several times. Um, what do you think? Where are we now with RTE, do you think, Minister?
1: I'll be, I'll be brutally honest, I haven't, I've been so caught up in my own work, Sue, that I haven't really followed it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the one thing, and I won't comment on any of the specifics, the one thing I will say, it is critically important, um, and Taoiseach has said this, that, w- that he wants to move forward in the lifetime of this government to look at the future of broadcasting, public service broadcasting, but also the importance of uh, broadcasters, uh, commercial broadcasters like KCLR, to ensure well, that course, there is... of course, now
0: I have a, to say, we we consider ourselves to be public service broadcasters as well. It's very hard to find the difference, really, except that we don't get the, the licence fee. Uh, but uh, RTE is commercial, as we so acutely know now, of course, as well as getting the licence fee. Um, we do public I, service broadcasting too, but that's an argument for another I, day, maybe.
1: No, you know, it's an important argument, Sue. And I think you you provide a vital service. We saw that during COVID, but you provide that service all the time anyway. And I think it's vital connection to communities. So critically important out of this, and, and I think if good and I think good will come from it, is that we look at, at at that. You know, if we look at the the content and online disinformation that is taking place and how social media is dominating uh, the media narrative and you see in other countries where there isn't this um robustness around our media reporting it's hugely important that we that government and that the state is able to support and make sure that we have a well regulated uh, broad- broadcasting okay. network and and that supports um all broadcasters okay. so again it's something government uh, that government is committed to addressing.
0: Okay minister um always good to talk to you thanks very much for joining us thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thanks very much. That's Minister Malcolm Noonan. KCLR is the
1: way it is, with Soonan.